jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender. With Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hi, and welcome to the Jim Jeffrey Show. Tonight, we talk about zoos. Some people hate them, and these people always seem to have pets. You can't complain about zoos if you have a pet. Zoos give animals space and food. Meanwhile, your dog is trapped in a basement studio apartment where it only gets the shit when you let it. And the only thing it can f*** is a Roomba. That's no life. Plus, in the zoos, you get to keep your testicles. I can only imagine how that feels. Let's start the show. I'm Jim Jeffries, and I have a confession to make. This may not be a popular opinion, but I I like zoos. I like animals. I like walking on slight inclines. I like churros. Plus, zoo is my best Scrabble word. Which brings us to tonight's segment. Shut up. Zoos are good. Zoos are good! I mean, sure, not all of them are great, but overall, they're a net positive. And in recent years, they've gotten even better. I think those arguments of zoos being part of a problem and using animals was true in the 40s, 50s, 60s, but genuinely in the last 10 or 15 years, the world's changed and a lot of zoos have woken up to that. I wouldn't have taken my kid to a zoo in the 50s and 60s. Who wants to see some male executive giraffe harass his secretary <laughs> then lock himself in his office and brood over what happened in Korea? <laughs> Modern zoos are good. I'm not talking about shitty roadside tourist trap zoos where animals are often abused and kept in horrible conditions. Every good thing has a shit version of it. Sex is awesome, unless it's awful. (laughs) Actually, bad sex and bad zoos are very similar. They're they're cramped, overpriced, everyone's shoving at each other and yelling, where is it? I can't see it. Of course you can't see it. You've all been yelling too much and it's gone to sleep. <laughs> Good zoos aren't just tourist attractions. They're crucial to many species' survival. Dozens of zoos in North America actively participate in the Association of Zoo and Aquarium Species Survival Plan Program, which concentrates on finding dwindling populations, bringing them into captivity, and growing them until they are ready to be released into their natural habitat. Yes, zoos bring animals together and get them to f- Though, though it might be better for the uglier of the two animals. Oh, 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 so uh, you're the uh, new girl. Uh, how you doing there? Uh, let me show you around the enclosure. There's, there's, there's this bit, and I, I poo over there. You, you, you can poo there too. I like you. Oh, 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 what's this? Is that an erection? Better do something about that. People are watching. Let's give them a show. 
Some zoos have saved entire species from the endangered list, including the Arabian oryx, the European bison, and the Oregon spotted frog. Wow. Can you imagine a world without the Oregon spotted frog? <laughs> see the difference between good and bad zoos, claiming that all zoos teach people to lock animals in captivity where they're bored, cramped and lonely and deprived over control of their own lives. First of all, a good zoo isn't that cramped. Second of all, some animals like being bored. Like koalas are loving it in the zoo. They sleep for 22 hours a day and eat a few leaves. Being bored is their jam. Those koalas are having a whale of a time. Though, ironically, whales in captivity are not having a whale of a time. <laughs> I like zoos because I like animals and good zoos give them an excellent quality of life. Take it from legendary anthropologist Jane Goodall. Quite honestly, when you go to a really good zoo, which has a big outside enclosure, then you think, well, actually, if I was a chimp, I'd probably rather be here than out in all these dangerous situations in the wild. Yeah, the wild is terrible. There's predators and food shortages. The wild is a mess. Zoo animals should thank us every day for destroying their natural habitat and teaching them the wonders of the indoors. <laughs> and knowing all the good that zoos can do, if the idea still doesn't sit right with you, let me propose a compromise. Once a year, we stay in the zoo enclosures and let the animals come and stare at us. My life is already very similar to that of a zoo animal. I sit or stand in a spot and make noises whilst people I don't know watch me for entertainment purposes. <laughs> when the day is done, I head back to my enclosure where a trained professional force feeds me vegetables and raw fish. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's a damn good life. <laughs> in conclusion, shut up, zoos are good. The good ones do amazing work and I think the abusive roadside zoos should be shut down because we can all agree that keeping living creatures in shitty old metal cages is f***ed up. Isn't that right? Kids still being held at the detention centre who'll never see his parents again. I'm having a whale of a time, Jim. We'll be right back. are being killed or captured on a massive scale around the globe and more and more species are being threatened by extinction because of poachers. But who poaches the poachers? I went to Africa to find out. Africa is indescribably beautiful. It has waterfalls, mountains, big open plain... Well, you, you can describe it. It's home to the world's most majestic animals and... ...wits who hunt them. Illegal animal poaching violates all sorts of international laws and it's driving elephants and rhinos towards extinction. Thousands are killed every year for their horns and tusks. So I've come to this remote part of Africa to meet the people fighting to save these animals. 
Damien Mander is an ex-Australian commando and the founder of the International Anti-Poaching Foundation. Poaching is illegally coming in and, and, and taking an animal or killing an animal. We've come across a rhino and elephant that their face is hacked off. What do they cut the horn off with? They'll carry an axe. Yeah. Just an axe? Been targeted by agents, Asian syndicates uh, for their horn, their tusk. Why do the Asians like the uh, horns? They use it traditional medicine. Right. Uh, some people say it's an aphrodisiac, make you snorkel a bit bigger. But it hasn't been working if the rumours are true. <laughs> and what's your background? I was with the Army Special Operations. Uh, I was a sniper there. Did 12 tours in Iraq. 12 seems like a lot. Yeah. Special Forces do loads of tours in the Middle East. Then after years of combat, they're told to just switch it off. There's not too many uh, jobs for a sniper in the local newspaper when you get back home. <laughs> Ended up just, you know, face down in a bloody plate of coke and, and a bottle of tequila in, in South America for this a year. This thing's worked out pretty good. Yeah, no, mate, sort of hit rock bottom. And this is where some very large emotional support animals come in. I found a camel helps me cope day to day. But wild animals changed Damien's life. And now he's using his military expertise to protect animals in Zimbabwe and beyond. But what sets Damien apart is the way he recruits rangers. We shifted our operations about two years ago and started employing exclusively women from the local, uh, local community. It's a big shift in mindset for me. I come from the Ultimate Boys Club, Special Operations. Right. We not only prided ourselves on being all, all male, we ridiculed other units that transitioned to accept them. I hear that. I sat down with two rangers from Damien's crew. What do you think makes a good ranger? Women have got a motherly heart. It's caring. Yeah. yeah. For many of these women, being a ranger is the first paying job they've ever had. And to the surprise of absolutely no one, local men were not too happy for them. Because just like late night TV hosts, field ranger is a job that almost always goes to a man. Have you felt pushback from your community? Men. They will just say, you cannot do this job, this is just a matter of wasting time. Have you had any pushback? Oh yeah, we have. There's something refreshing about just not giving a f what other people think. Yeah, it's the best. I don't care is the strongest sentence in the human language. You've got to mean it though. You've got to mean it. Uh, we knew we were going to be open to scrutiny, so we thought we'd train them harder than we trained the men. Let's go, let's go, 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 get your bust out or get shot off. Halfway through day one, we knew we have something very, very special. We were exposing them to the four great pillars of misery, to be hungry, cold, tired and wet. So it's like hell week? Yeah. I just quit. I always look at things really early on and go, I won't enjoy that, I'll quit now. Yeah. But here we are, season three. But this isn't the first big challenge these women have faced in life. They come from disadvantaged backgrounds full of poverty and domestic violence. You know, women that were um, survivors of serious sexual assault, domestic violence, that's, they're the ones that turned up to selection. Nirata Hortel faced an abusive husband who would beat her so brutally, often she could barely stand up afterwards. We were trying to put them through hell. The reality is they've already been through it. For all these reasons, Damien named his squad Akashinga, which means the brave ones. A heavily armed, badass, poacher hunting force. Plus, there have been other benefits that no one was predicting. We've seen no corruption right. with the women. Statistically, a woman spends around three times more of a salary on family. We pay the women, we don't see them running off to go and spend it on bloody booze or off to the knock shops. They where spend would, it on crazy where stuff. Would you, where would that knock shop be in Syria? <laughs> why are women less corrupt? Or maybe the question is, why are men so corrupt? Men are so corrupt because they are only dedicated to money. 
No, you're totally right. I think people who spend money on frivolous things are assholes. I totally, totally agree with that. The women so far, they've made 98 arrests. They go and act in the middle of the night doing raids on houses of known poachers. If you temper with my animals, I will kiss you. They come from the local community, they're plugged into it. And let's be honest, women love to talk, they love to gossip. They like to gossip. And, you know, we get all the information in, we analyse it, it becomes intelligence, we act on that. Now, Damien said that you can get intel better than anybody else because women gossip. Is that true or is he just an asshole? It's true. Yeah, he's an asshole, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you think I could be a ranger? I'm very gossipy. I think you need more training. More training? Yes. yes. Much. I really can't run this long. Try to be strong, man. Let's go. It's much easier if you just stand up. No, stop it! When does this ever come into play? You are on training. Let's go. All right, I'm gonna hide. You'll never find me. All right, Jim, mate, you're a poacher. Right. This is your target. I'm going to stick this out here somewhere. You've got to get to it before the women get to you. How do poachers react to women arresting them? Actually, they calm the f*** right down very quickly. Women want to have a conversation. They want to know what the problem is, how to de-escalate it. So they de-escalate arguments. This, this is, look, I've got to be honest, I, I believe that women in the south of Africa are different from women in LA. <laughs> What would you say to men who say that you shouldn't be doing this? Oh, I must have time with him yeah. to sit down like what I am doing with you. See, this is interesting because I actually felt the de-escalation right then because you could have gone, I'd tell him to f*** off, but you went, I would sit down with them, look them in the eye and tell them why I'm good at my job. Yeah. How do little girls react when they see you in uniform? They are proud of us. They're proud of you? My daughter actually says, oh, mom, when I grow up, I just want to be a ranger like you. And you can't do better than when your kid wants to be just like you. You're doing something right, right? Yeah. Sure, these animals need lots of protection, but they also give the people who protect them a lot in return. And after a break, I head out on safari to see them for myself. There's a rhino right there. There's a rhino? He's got his snorkel out. I could see something bouncing around down there. Where the kid's just rubbing his dick against the parent one. Yeah. Well, this is all gone a bit sorted. <laughs> We're back. I'm in Africa, out on safari with the International Anti-Poaching Foundation to see the animals they've dedicated their lives to protecting. Oh, is it zebras? Look at that one there. Look at that ostrich. I'm going to yell out random animals. Buffalo. There's a rhino right there. There's a rhino? That guy there's got a long, thin horn. Yeah. Does that just mean the horn's older? Ah, oh, look, some of us have things that are longer than others. Oh, it's just, it's yeah. just your luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. Yeah. So this rhino here, this big one, you've probably got about 30 pounds of rhino horn there. This stuff sells for about 35,000 US dollars uh, a pound. So 35,000 times by 30. You're looking over a million bucks. Over a million dollars for that yeah. one horn. Yeah. That's right, more than gold, oil or drugs, rhino horns are the most valuable commodity on the planet. And they're just strolling around the poorest countries on earth. So look, I'm not condoning it, but if you're trying to feed your family, I get it. it hasn't a lot of it got to do with 
um, getting rid of the demand rather than getting rid of the, the, the poachers? It was something that's got to be fought on, on both sides of the pond, yeah. So in Asia, uh, trying to reduce the demand and then over here on the ground, trying to work with uh, local communities, which is what we're doing. You, you actually need governments to go, we know this person's involved, we're going to prosecute. So. Oh, the baby's doing something adorable. That's just, that's my son in the morning trying to wake me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's got his snorkel out. I could see something bouncing around down there. What, his dick's out? Yeah. The kid's just rubbing his dick against the parent one. Yeah. Well, this has all gone a bit sorted. I think it might be an older brother. Yeah, it's not, it's not some of that stepsister porn I've not been watching. It may just be a dwarf porn, maybe a fetishy thing. Oh no, it's over now. <laughs> Smutty? but inspiring. It's a reminder that even though animal populations are in danger, nature will repair itself. So if you're one of these pathetic trophy hunters or a poaching your own country's natural heritage, I implore you, the population needs to rebuild. So let these animals in peace. You know, we need the rest of the world to understand these aren't Africa's animals. It's a global asset and a global responsibility for us all to look after it. They have the right to live. We have to support their intrinsic value in the world. Akashinga is doing some awesome work, but they can only do so much in their own area. The bigger problem is how to stop demand for these animals. I wanted to help, but how? These animal parts are prized in many Asian countries for their aphrodisiac qualities, but they, they don't even work. So all I had to do was find a better way of getting Asians sexually aroused. <laughs> I didn't have the time to go to China and make everyone there horny. There's over a billion people there. By the time I got the last person horny, the first person wouldn't be horny anymore. I'd have to start all over again. So instead, I set up an aphrodisiac that was available to everyone. Just call my toll-free number and me, Jim Jeffries, will put you in a state of arousal any time of day or night from anywhere in the world. Have a listen. Thank you for calling the Jim Jeffries aphrodisiac hotline. Prepare to be extremely turned on now. All right, let's do some role play. You're a person. Yeah, you are. Who's, who are you? You're on the phone. I'm also on the... I'm a different guy, but I'm on the phone as well. Boobs. Boobie. Boobs. Boobs. Butts. Butts and boobs. Touching. Imagine you're in a shower. You're soaping yourself up. Or down. Is it soaping up or soaping down? Oh, hold on. Okay, Google. Is it soap up or soap down? Oh, this is hard. You're welcome, rhinos. And if you're over 18 and need a little stimulation, just give me a call at 18334-JIM-JEFF and I'll get you worked up without having to kill a wild animal. And if you have more to give than just your cum, can you support Akashinga's work by checking out the International Anti-Poaching Foundation at iapf.org. That's iapf.org. We'll be right back. Before we go, tonight we heard about the efforts to save some of the world's most beautiful animals. And isn't that really part of the problem? Preservation is important, but everyone loves cute, smart animals. 
Who will stand for the unattractive, stupid ones? <laughs> like dumb, ugly tuna. I can't even get a can if there's a chance that some beautiful dolphin who's so smart got a bit of his flipper in there. <laughs> Think about how amazing the tuna is. It's the most versatile animal in the world. It can be an expensive delicacy prepared by a world-class chef using a $2,000 sushi knife, or it can be slapped on a Subway sandwich using an ice cream scoop. No other animal has such range. Save the tuna. Dolphins, them. They're too flashy with their blowholes and their shit-eating grins. People think it's cute when they swim alongside the boat. It's not cute. They're just showing off. Like an old Italian guy who pulls up in a Ferrari and revs his engine. <laughs> hey, uh, Prince of Persia, how'd you like it to be with a real fish? Yeah. Hey, oh yeah, by the way, dolphins are fish. Don't give me that mammal bullshit. If a dolphin was at a party with a human and a fish, who do you think it would have a better conversation with? The fish and the dolphin have way more in common. They're <laughs> fish. You too, penguins. You're not birds. Birds fly. Oh, but I have wings. They're not wings. They're fins, you dickheads. You fish. Tuners give so much and they ask so little. So help me speak for the tuna by using the hashtag MeTuna. I'm Jim Jeffries. I think we can all do better. Good night. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.